Let's have God's Word open us up to Matthew chapter 6. And if you're able, please rise for the reading of God's Word, starting on verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, starting with verse 5. This is the Word of the Lord. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A quick prayer. Lord, we ask that you would teach us to pray, that you wouldn't just teach us more about prayer, but that by your Spirit you would lead us into that secret, tender moment, Lord, where we are in your presence in prayer. So teach us, Lord, how to pray in deeper ways. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen. We continue in our sermon series, again titled, Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And again, our aim is so that we will be led into deeper prayer, and not just simply learn about prayer. Jesus here in our text, he's not giving a theological discourse, but he's practically teaching his disciples how to pray. That's why he says, pray like this. So I just wanted to look at a few of the points in the beginning that we've looked at so far in the Lord's Prayer, just as a quick review. So if you look, the first thing that the Lord teaches us to begin with is the address or the posture. It says, Our Father in Heaven. And we've learned that this means that we are going together, our Father, with other brothers and sisters, to a God who's not just willing and able, but a God who we can call Father. Someone, uh, one who loves, one who is all-knowing. And then we went into uh, the petitions and the requests. And the first thing that the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray is, Hallowed be your name, meaning, God, would you be feared and believed and known in the hearts of all men and women. And so as this being the first request and the first petition, we know that this ought to be our chief desire as a Christian, as a child. And then we looked at the second and third petition last week, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is not our kingdoms or our will, but the Father's will, the Father's kingdom. And we learned how... how, uh, um, beautiful it is that, that the prayer of saints are collected and, and mixed in, and, and so to speak, as we see in Revelation, as God's kingdom is brought to fruition. And so we see that the first three petitions, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done, uh, had to do in, uh, with God's glory. And as we go into the next three petitions, we'll see that it, it starts to address our needs. So what we find ourselves focusing on today 
is the fourth petition. Give us this day our daily bread. So again, very simply, we'll ask, what does it mean? And also, how do we apply it? So, you know, whenever I think about this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, a particular photograph comes to mind. In 1819, a Swedish-born photographer took a picture of a man named Charles Wilden. Charles can be seen sitting at his table, hands folded, praying and saying grace. On the table is a Bible, a small loaf of bread, and a bowl of soup. If you look here, you can see this photograph. It's titled Grace. And I'm sure for many of us, it's, it's very familiar This picture can often be found hanging in kitchens, uh, in dining rooms, and even uh, places throughout the church. It's a picture that, that, that captures this solemn dependence, thanksgiving, and, and this, this idea of daily bread being so precious as we, as we are fed by the Lord. And, and, and this picture is, is great because I think, and even the analogy of the way bread is used throughout Scripture It's not just referring to the spiritual satisfaction, but it's also a very tangible reality of, 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 of physical bread that fills us and sustains us. Now, there's some interesting facts that I've learned surrounding this very well-known photograph, and I think it, it makes it all the more human and relatable. Charles Wilden uh, was a man who lived a very meager life. They say that he was a peddler, There's a picture of a peddler here you can see. And he would go from place to place uh, and selling just knickknacks. This isn't Charles himself. This is just a picture of a, a peddler. Uh, they also said that he lived in a sod house. And this is what that looks like. Very detached uh, for most of the community. And from the accounts of locals, uh, when asked about Charles's life, many of the stories had to do with him drinking and uh, accomplishing very little in his life. And this is what was said about him, and this is what uh, sadly is remembered about him. A few years after this picture was taken, Charles was paid $5 to waive his rights for the photograph. And he also wrote that uh, the book depicted there in the photo uh, that it was representative of a Bible, uh, when in fact it was really a dictionary. After this, no one really saw or heard much of Charles, and though he was sought out, uh, he wasn't to be found. And growing up, whenever I would see this photograph, I thought to myself, wow, what a, what a humble and faithful man, giving thanks to God and living on his daily provision. You know, I, I wish to live a life of piety and simple faith. But beyond the artistic representation of this photograph, I find that I can actually relate a lot more to Charles than the ideals that this picture is capturing. And maybe you can too. You know, often I, I find myself much like a wanderer, a peddler, uh, going place to place, posing as a pious man, uh, depending on God's daily bread when really I'm busy tinkering and securing and storing up in my cheeks like a chipmunk, everything I think I need in, in anxiousness for tomorrow and the, even the days to come. In fact, um, if I'm honest, most of my todays are spent looking for tomorrow's security and comfort. Most of my todays are, are filled with simply 
uh, trying to feel a sense of satisfaction, whether it's by food, uh, whether it's, it's something deeper and intangible. And sometimes it's as simple as just trying to find entertainment to, to, to get through uh, the day and to escape. There's another uh, photograph that's not as well known. Uh, it's almost a, a juxtaposition artist. You know, when you do art critique, you got to use, you're obliged to use that. Of the photograph we saw before entitled Grace, but this one is entitled Guilty, and you can see it here. And you'll find the picture of a guilty man who was caught eating before praying. Can you believe it? You know, our critics are not sure what to make of it, but the uh, value. Uh, is quite remarkable. And so uh, a quick plug, uh, if you join us for our Zoom fellowship after, this will be put up for silent auction and all the proceeds will go directly to profit. I'm just kidding. You know, this particular petition of give us this day our daily bread is something we've heard a lot, uh, but it's actually really hard to pray it. And I've actually struggled in preparing this message because I think, if I'm honest, I struggle with understanding and desiring and even praying, give us this day our daily bread. And I think it's because uh, most of us, we spend our todays trying to store up for the tomorrows. When in fact, our, our Father in Heaven tells us that He will give to us what we need each day. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. I'll be here tomorrow too, and the next day, and the next day. And, and so, the, so, the, so the Lord, in a way, allows us to be in the present circumstances, presently in His presence, to know and to be comforted, to trust, and to not be anxious in that today He will give to us what we need. That today as it is the day that the Lord has made, it will be the same day that God gives to us what we need. And so, of course, we are still called to be wise and prudent, to save and to invest. But I think the tension here is at what point do we lose that childlike ability to depend on Him? And this is the difficulty, and this is the I think subtle kind of wrestling that happens as we think about this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. If, if, if much of our days are filled with making our own kingdom, securing things for ourselves, if much of our days are filled with trying to be independent and grow a security, a, 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 a stability, whether it's through just finances or investments, if, if most of our our Today's are built around securing our kingdom. It's really difficult then as a Christian to then also come to the Lord in this type of dependence and say, Lord, will you give to me what I need today? Because those, those two things are really at odds with each other. And that's why it's really difficult to pray this with an earnestness and, and, and to really engage in this uh, humble dependence, because often, because of our anxieties, because of our ambition, and whatever the motive may be, it, it's so easy to 
uh, go in the route of, 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 of faithful investing and saving and, 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 and making money and, and providing for our families and, and getting a home and, and making it a safe place and security. It's, a, it's such a fine line to be faithful in all these things, yet in, in, in the subtle, intricate, you know, underlining areas, become more and more self-reliant and dependent. And so as, as, as we think about how do we really pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread, it really gets to the fact that uh, the Lord does call us to, to provide, uh, to work, to save, uh, but also to do that in light of Him providing for us today and each and every day. And so this is what Jesus teaches His disciples. He teaches his disciples, and he teaches us to pray and to ask our Father for today's bread, today's need, today's satisfaction, today's sustaining. Jesus teaches us to ask this not simply in the context of our own dinner tables or our own bank accounts, but in fact as brothers and sisters who share in Christ together. And so this this plural, this corporate language is carried throughout. In the beginning, it started with our Father in heaven. And even in this petition, it's not simply, God, give me what I need today, but it's give us this day our daily bread. If we look in Exodus, we see uh, a very tangible picture of, of what this looked like. In Exodus 16, we see that God gives his people bread each day, manna. He instructs them to go out each morning and collect all that they need for their families for that day and that day only. And we're told that all the families that went out, they all gathered and they all had enough for that day. And we're told that that some had gathered more for the next day, perhaps out of anxiousness, perhaps out of uh, the fear that uh, when they wake up there won't be bread or perhaps out of the fear that others may take too much, that they had to fend for themselves. Whatever the case was, we see that those who brought more than that was instructed or needed, those who disobeyed, they found that their bread had spoiled the next day, that it had gone bad, that it had gone not just stale, but it was unedible, and it didn't give any nourishment. And this is a way that the Lord taught His people in the time of the Exodus to trust in Him, there was a daily rhythm of trusting in Him. It wasn't, it wasn't, hey, do what you have to do to survive for six days, and on the seventh day there will be a rest and a, and a time where you don't have to worry. No, it was a daily. In fact, in Exodus 16, on the sixth day, God instructed His people, as He provides double portion, go and take twice as much so that tomorrow you will have enough as well, and you don't. You wouldn't have to go and work and collect. But I think for many of us, the way we live our lives is six days we spend hustling, we spend gathering and putting into our storehouses and checking and balancing and investing and, and pouring in and taking out, depositing and withdrawing. And, and, and no wonder it's a struggle when we come on that seventh day to even be in a place in our hearts that can be dependent, and that can pray, God, give us our daily bread. But we see even in the Old Testament, it's true then and it's true now, that God 
desires and is able as our Father to give us what we need each day. And this is why the Lord Jesus teaches us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Here's a similar prayer from Proverbs 30 if you look with me. Two things I ask of you, deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty or riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord. The prayer asks God to give neither poverty nor riches, but to give to him only what is needful. He understands that if he has too much or if he's too full, then he will forget the Lord and become self-reliant and self-satisfied. But he also recognizes that if he doesn't have enough, then he would resort to stealing and profane and shame the name of God when in fact it should be hallowed. What a simple and difficult thing to pray. How many of our prayers, if we're honest, consist of asking God for future things, for future security, when perhaps our, our Father is most pleased when He hears and is most willing to give to us when we, when we ask for our present need, when we say, God, I don't want too much, I don't want too little. I trust that you know what is best for me. Will you give me what I need today? Today. I don't want to be too full today because then I'll forget about you and just go about my business as usual. I don't want too little because then I'll have to resort to things that I, that I don't want to and perhaps I'll even get bitter at you. But give to me what I need. Help me to trust you. Father, give me what I need and take away what I don't need. Right? It's a prayer that ultimately at the heart of it says, Lord, give me and Lord, take away from me. This simple prayer as we do it allows us to commit all of our worries and our anxieties onto him. It puts the burden of tomorrow out of our hands and commits it into the Father's hand who also has all the days of your life already written in his book. What a comfort it is to pray that. What a comfort is, is it to have that kind of dependence on God our Father, who, who already knows every single one of our days, all of our tomorrows. And all we have to do is come to him daily for our portion, for our satisfaction, for our joy, for our peace, for our bread. We plant, we water, but God gives the growth, as we're told. Here are lyrics from a hymn that I found. It, it, uh, I don't have it up, but listen, I, it says this. It says, Give us this day, dear Lord, our daily bread. We do not ask tomorrow's till it comes. But on the journey, day by day are fed, until thou guide us to our heavenly home. Here Jesus teaches us how to pray for today how to actually be in the moment, be in the present time with the Lord. If you feel far from the Lord, if you feel that you are distant, this is a way to be in His presence daily, to come to Him and to ask, Lord, give us our daily bread today. Right? The Sunday sermon, the Sunday worship isn't a time where God gives you all this meal prep in a container. It's not a time where he, you come and collect it and he says, okay, 
Here's a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the next six days. Pop it in the microwave for two minutes. You should be good. Now, <laughs> when we come to the Lord, when Jesus teaches us to pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. It's a, hey, here's fresh, good bread. Come again for lunch. Come again for dinner. Come again tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. It'll be fresh. It'll be good. And we'll spend time together. It's a reminder that our Father is with us every day. That His steadfast love never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. His faithfulness is great. He is our portion and we can hope in Him. You know, I recently tried my hand at baking some bread. And it's not particularly anything special. It's not very good. I don't think you can sell it at the store. But there's something to be said about hot, fresh, homemade bread. And, and you know, the joke that my wife has, um, we, we actually quote our youngest, JJ, the first time I made bread, I didn't know if the kids would enjoy it. We put a little butter and I gave it to them, and they loved it. They loved it so much that we were actually about to eat the whole thing that night, and so we had to put it away. And, and later that night, uh, our youngest, JJ, comes up, and he says, where's the bread? And it was just this like earnest desire of, like, give me some more bread. Where is it? And and so, you know, my wife, when there isn't fresh bread in the house, uh, she says, where's the bread? <laughs> where's the bread? And, you know, I, I've made uh, some bread here and there. And as it gets stale, uh, it becomes less enjoyable. But, you know, if I were to carry that kind of analogy over, the bread that the Lord gives us today. And again, this isn't just um, spiritual bread, although that is true. I'm talking about the tangible material needs that we need. Finances, bread, even the less tangible ones of of comfort and peace. It's fresh. It's new every morning. It's new every morning. And and, and this is what Lamentation says, if you you look with me. And I've kind of paraphrased it, but let me give it to you as it is in, in God's Word itself. It says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. You never have to ask, where is his love? It never ceases. His, his mercies never come to an end. We don't have to worry if tomorrow he will still love us or there will be mercy or, or, or he will prepare what we need. In fact, they are new every morning. Every morning it's new, it's fresh, it's hot, it's enjoyable, it's, it's life-giving, it's sustaining. And it's, it's enough for that day. We're told that they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in Him. In a world where, you know, honestly, we want more and we want more. I always think about, I think it's the T-Mobile commercial. There's that cute little girl. She's like, we want more. We want more. We want more. We see in Lamentations that when the Lord is our portion then we can hope in Him. We can be secured. We can be filled and satisfied each day. What is your portion each day? Oftentimes, I find that my portion is food, 
like a good takeout meal. My portion is in trying to find a good show on Netflix. My portion is trying to get through the day. My portion is some form of entertainment in social media. My portion is just trying to be left alone. When in fact, I want to say to my soul, your portion is the Lord. Hope in Him. So how do we apply this? How do we apply what the Lord Jesus is uh, teaching us to pray? Well, first and foremost, again, Jesus is teaching us to pray. So we apply it by praying this. We apply it by literally praying, Father in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. We go to our Father in prayer as a family. We say, give us. Not just me, not just my family, but all my brothers and sisters who share this life in Christ. Will you give us our daily bread? We ask Him to give us what we need today and nothing more so that we would learn to trust in Him each day. If you want to grow in your faith, that's such a common thing we say, right? If you want to see this church mature, that's a a desire that we often talk about in, in, in time of corporate prayer. If you want to see growth in your faith, maturity in your faith, growth and maturity in our church, this prayer that Jesus teaches us is exactly what leads to deeper faith, maturity, dependence, and trust. A prayer that teaches us to depend on Him daily and to ask for our needs today as each day is called today. We ask God to take away things that we don't need, things that are hindering us from trusting Him. And we ask God to give to us things that we do need. This is, this is a scary prayer. Uh, this means that maybe our bank accounts may get lighter. This means that maybe some of our relationships will be lost. This means that some, maybe, of our comforts and investments that we've built up may cease. This means maybe the things that we are chasing after, building up and storing up, aren't actually the things that are good for us. But the comfort and the promise and the beauty of what our Father says is that He will give to us each day what we need. So the first and foremost thing to apply this is to is to pray this and even if it's scary and even if your heart doesn't want to because i think honestly my heart wavers there are days yeah i'm willing to just lay it down and say lord give me this day my daily bread and then there are other days that i that you know father in heaven i i don't want your bread i want the takeout chinese of this world it, that that's literal and and uh, metaphorical because I I do like takeout Chinese but right there are some days where just like I don't want you to give I don't want you to take away let me just have what I want but the Lord Jesus teaches us to trust in Him daily to know that that is better secondly uh, this doesn't mean that you have to rid yourself of all material goods and blessings Alistair Begg said something along the lines of you don't have to apologize or feel guilty. For what the Father has blessed you with. But you do have to share it. You know, when we pray for God's daily provision for our needs, it's it's not just our needs, right? Jesus is teaching us to pray for our needs. Our needs together. And so this may mean that if the Lord has blessed us, He's also calling us as we pray this 
not just to say, Lord, we pray that you will give my brother and sisters what they need, when all the meanwhile, the Lord has blessed us so much that through our blessings, we could also bless them. And so if the Lord has blessed us, then we are called then to be a blessing on to others, to be a part of, of the Lord's giving and blessing. You know, I'm proud of the fact that some of our church members run their companies with this heart and understanding. I'm deeply encouraged by some of our members who give to our missionaries and who even give specifically to the diaconate for, for, for these for the, with this type of heart. I'm encouraged to know that... Uh, we care about others' daily needs as well. The truth is that it's not just the one who receives that, that's humbled and encouraged, but it's also the giver that's, that's very humbled and encouraged. And lastly, uh, we have to know that God will not always answer our prayers or give us what we ask for because in His wisdom and love, He knows what we need. That's such a simple thing, but let me just say that again. God's not going to always give us what we need that day in the way we think. Because of his wisdom and his love, he will portion to us uh, what, what is good for us that day. So Tim Keller puts it uh, pretty well in this analogy. He poses the question of our approach to prayer as this. Are you going in prayer to a genie or a heavenly father? And he kind of, he draws, he says, a genie in a bottle will simply give you what you ask for, what you wish for. A genie doesn't have your best interest in mind or cares what you wish for. doesn't have a relationship with you. It just has an obligation to satisfy, to give, to fulfill your wishes. So whatever you ask, despite the consequences it may bring or the ruin it may come with, a genie would grant it to you. But our Heavenly Father... A heavenly father doesn't always give to his children what they ask because a father knows what is best for his child. And a heavenly father who is all-knowing, a heavenly father who loves fervently, when a child asks for things that are that is not good for them, the father will withhold, and that is his answer. No child, not today or, or perhaps not at all. But he will always say this instead and give us accordingly. A, 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 a good father is able to and willing to interpret a child's desire and to guide it. You see, a child doesn't truly know what they need. They know what they want. We know what we want when we ask God. God, I want this, I want that. But a father knows what we truly need. Right? If a child asks for a dollar and you say, why? And they say, because I'm hungry. The father doesn't just say, all right, fine, here's a dollar. <laughs> a, a good loving father says, if, well, if you're hungry, I'm not going to give you a dollar. Let me cook you a meal. Let me take you out to eat. Let me fill your hunger. Right? A father is able to interpret what the child truly needs. And, and I think you can say what a child really wants and, and satisfy in that way. The comfort and assurance is that if you're humble enough to see it in this way, th then we can ask God for our, our daily bread with much confidence, with, much, with, with less strings attached. We can just say, God, give us our daily bread today. Give us according to your wisdom, according to your love. 
And so the, the encouragement as we pray is to keep on praying. One of the main principles of prayer that, that I've learned and found and I think others testify to is that prayer is supposed to shape prayer. And what that means is that uh, praying and asking God and going to Him, the more we do it, uh, the more we're able to, the more the Lord refines our prayers so that we become a child who simply asks out of compulsion to now a maturing child who asks out of love and trust. So it's not simply, God, give me this. I want that. How come my life isn't like this? But it's a child as uh, with maturity that says, Lord, give me what I need today. And so with this trust, we see, you know, lyrics that, that, that allows us and gives us words to profess it. Like, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And as each day goes by, that day that has passed becomes another testimony to God's provision. So brothers and sisters, it's a difficult prayer, but as the Lord teaches us to do so, can we practice this? Can we wrestle with this? And perhaps before even trying to practice it, we have to, to wrestle and, and repent of some, certain things in our hearts, be willing to let go of certain things in our hearts. But, but let, let's go to Him daily for our daily bread. Let me, let me close in a, a simple prayer again from a hymn. Our Father... Lord of heaven and earth, let praise and honor clothe your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Throughout the world, complete your reign. Teach us, O Lord, to trust in you for bread and breath each day anew. In Christ's name, amen.